Welcome to episode 30 of the Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce podcast. This episode contains audio from our Chamber Live event, which took place on the 8th of June 2021 and was hosted by our Head of Membership, Reet Dalu. In this episode, Reet is joined by Peter Ibbotson from our partners, Journolink. Peter provides us with some insight into how journalists are reliant on local businesses for news and how this can be used to help promote your own business. Following on from this, we catch up with Annie Platts, Membership and Services Manager at the Chamber, to hear more about our MyGMCR app. This app is the perfect platform for you to promote your business, reward your staff and make new connections. And finally, we welcome Elliot Roebuck, Operations Manager from Lionbridge, who tells us more about the importance of supporting both businesses and their employees with their finances. Started in a minute or so. Okay, Bob, let's get started then. Good morning. It's um, great to see so many of you here today, obviously virtually. Um, today's agenda will follow its usual format, so we've lined up some fantastic speakers for you today. So we've got, first up, we have um, Peter Ebbotson from Journolink, who we partner with um, to support SMEs with their PR, um, followed by Annie Platts from the Chamber, who's going to tell us a little bit more about um, the app, which is my GMCR. And then we have um, lastly, we have Elliot Roebuck from Lionbridge. Um, so just before we jump into um, talking to our speakers, I just wanted to give you a quick update on our quarterly economic survey. Um, it's currently live and it'd be great if we could... Well, 18 months ago. Um, so earned my scars and spurs very much in those days. And that actually was quite hard. It was quite hard because journalists were after me and wanted my blood to, you know, to have a go at banking. But actually, if you're a small business, uh, journalists, they, they don't just want to hear from you, they need to hear from you. The way I try and look at it is this, that for you to get, you as a business to get coverage in the media, that's a nice tick in the box. But if a journalist can't create the column inches and the stories that gets them known, they're out of a job. Yeah. So they actually need you, yeah. you need them. So honestly, it is easy, particularly in the local media, it is easy to get coverage if you've got a good story. So. Make it sound easy. Honestly, it is easy. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. That leads me quite nicely on to my um, next question. So, for businesses doing no PR, what are the steps um, they need to take? Yeah, um, I said at the, the, the sort of start, you know, a lot of people see it as, as PR, a, a black art that's not for them. It's for Unilever, it's for Rolls Royce, it's not for a small business. And, and it's very, very expensive. So, just debunk both of those thoughts. It is not expensive. Um, as Reet said at the outset, we've got the partnership in place with, with the Chamber now, so that all members get, get access to the Journaling platform. Uh, and it's about £45 a month for you to do everything that you need to on your PR agenda. Distribution, getting to the journalists, everything is done through that platform. It is not dear. So, you know, in today's world, there are, there are very, very affordable ways of managing your PR. So, you know, not dear. In terms of the black art bit, one simple phrase I use, and, and I've used this since I started doing PR, ready, aim, fire. 
right? So just get ready, aim, fire in your head. And ready is, what's my story? Aim is, who do I want to send it to? Fire is, how am I going to do it? All right? So, you know, don't just sort of sit there in the bubble and think, I've no idea how to do this. What is your story and what are you trying to get over? And that's, that's pretty key, right? So, as I said, the journalists need you as much as, as you need them, but they need a good news story. Journalists won't give you free advertising. You know, they're not, they're not, not up for just taking your, you know, your comment and, and printing it. They need a story. There's got to be some differentiation, got to be some hook in there that a journalist will think my readers or, or my, my listeners will, will take this story. So what's your story? Are you ready with that? And often it's not precisely what you do in your business. It might be something about you. It might be something about we've taken staff back on after furlough. It might be we've opened up again. It might be we've done something in the community, which has meant we've sustained our business over the last year. So, you know, it needn't necessarily just be we make left-handed screws and, you know, this is how we manufacture them. It's often much more of a lifestyle, a lifestyle type story that the journalists are looking for. Local journalists are really keen to cover local success stories. National journalists are much more into the, you know, the provocative news. We're a miserable bunch in the UK and they love writing the miserable stories. So, you know, that they, they, they'll have, a, I would say they'll have a pop, but they're much more uh, focused on, on what the angles are than the local media. So ready, what's your story? Aim, who are you aiming at? Right, now think about the audience that you're trying to land with. Who are the ultimate people that you want to be reading about your product? And that will help you define who your journalists are. How do you find your journalists? You can do several things. Um, you, can, you can go out there, go and sit in WH Smith and go through all the magazines and page one will tell you what the editor address is to send stuff to. That's pretty time consuming and pretty embarrassing. Uh, and you'll be moved on fairly quickly. Uh, second way to do it is create your own list. Um, so, you know, you can create your own list from people you know, or you can buy in a list, buy access to a list. So one of the things we do on the journaling platform, for instance, is let you buy a list of relevant journalists. So if you say you want uh, fitness around Manchester, tell us that, we'll churn out the list for you. It's not an expensive thing to do, and that's your own list. Or you can rely, uh, thirdly, on a distribution wire. So on journaling, we've got about 10,000 journalists we segment those, uh, regionalize those. Uh, so if you say to us, just send my release out to these sectors and, and, and areas, we will do just that for you. So you don't need to do any of the heavy, heavy lifting. So ready, what's your story? Aim who you're sending it to, fire. How are you gonna do it? And you have a couple of ways of doing it. You can do it yourself. So you can send emails individually to journalists. Uh, they get about 300 a day and getting over that, that, that hurdle, that barrier of them opening your email is often a challenge. Uh, I'll tell you how you might do that in a second. Or you can use one of the platforms that's, that's available. So generally, obviously I'm gonna say use that. It, we're a lot more affordable than any of the other enterprise solutions there that you'd find online. So, but use one of those solutions or employ a PR agency. Uh, PR agencies will cost you couple of thousand, 3,000 pounds a month uh, and often ask for a tie-in for 12 months to make their, you know, the work they do worthwhile. But you can, you can use an agency as well if you choose to. And it's sources for courses. It's whichever, whichever you want to do. If you've got the budget for an agency, a lot of them do a perfectly good job. And freelancers can do a perfectly good job. If you don't want to spend a huge amount of money, 
use one of the platforms. If you don't want to spend any money and you don't mind using your time and bashing the emails out, then, then do it yourself. Um, the one hook to get them to open the email, make sure your headline's good. Um, you get about 40 characters on your iPhone as a headline. So make sure you land in that 40 characters, the provocative hook that makes it very compelling for me to click on that email and read it. We, we focus on that a huge amount on journaling. And in fact, before, before we let you release your press release on journaling, we actually give you a little tool that shows you what the headline looks like on an Android, on an iPhone, on a tablet, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Headlines key. The rule for the headline is as long as it's not going to land you in prison, use it, but try and link it in to the story. Uh, journalists hate a headline that has no, no association with the story at all. So it's got to be relevant, but make that as compelling, captivating, hooky, provocative as you can, but use 40 characters to start with. So ready, aim, fire. That's the, it's as easy as that. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Um, lots of useful nuggets of information there for our audience. Um, one of the um, other questions I wanted to ask you for, for SMEs, how do they validate whether they're doing, the PR that they're doing is worthwhile? Yeah, yeah. this is a really, really good question. Um, and, you know, we, we, have, we have about 10,000 businesses that use the Genlink platform. And it's not infrequent that we get one of them saying, look, I used you and, and I've not been on the front page of the Times. Uh, well, kind of don't always expect that, you know, um, journalists will print the story that's relevant. Front page of the Times is normally the national news. Often we will get into the enterprise, uh, enterprise pages in the Times, but don't get completely hooked on, I've not had my two column inches or I've not been covered here, I've not been covered there. Too many people spend half their life, spend you know, 20 minutes putting a press release out there and then two days trying to cut out the little clip that's been in the newspaper, right? This is not an ego trip. You are doing your PR for one simple reason, and that's to increase your sales. And the best way to increase your sales is increasing your web traffic normally. So the journey goes, I've got coverage, hopefully it's online, that's increased my SEO, that's improved my web, uh, web traffic, that will increase my sales. And that journey might take three, six, nine, 12 months before you know it's working. So the rule I try and say here is spend 10% of your marketing budget on PR, but don't spend more than 10% of your marketing budget on PR. It's a critical part of your marketing mix, but it can be very expensive if you do it in isolation. Now, give me an example of this. Uh, about four or five months ago, um, we had a media request come through the office. One of the things you get on the journalist platform, actually, is media requests coming from journalists of what they are looking to write about. Uh, and there's three, way, three ways you hit a journalist. One, it's um, when there's trending news. So, you know, you look what's trending. So at the moment, anything that's relating to, are we going to open on the 21st of June or whenever it is, uh, that's trending. Uh, comments around that will be picked up by journalists. Second thing, uh, second time a journalist will pick, pick you up is when they are writing a story. And one of the things we do is put media requests through the system to you saying a journalist is looking for this, this story, uh, looking for a business. That's the best time you can possibly, uh, possibly do it. Right. And then the third time is actually when you, when you actually want to, uh, want to put something out. That's, that's harder and you've got to have the good story, good story linked to that. But we had a media request come through the office about four or five months ago, looking for someone over 50 that had started a business. 
and somebody in the office threw my cap in the ring. Uh, I got a phone call from the uh, Telegraph journalist who was doing it three days later, gave him a quick interview. Then they sent a photographer around uh, and had a lot of pictures taken. Then three weeks later, I found myself with a double page spread in the Telegraph magazine on a Saturday, right? Nothing to do with Journalink. That was about a 50 year old plus that had thrown a load of money at a new business. And that's what I mean about the story might actually not be about your business. Now I got completely hooked up. I picked that out, frame it, put it on the wall, tell everybody in the pub, I'm in the Telegraph. It makes no difference whatsoever unless we get a raft of people clicking on the Journalink website and, and buying the Journalink product. Your value is not in the coverage you get. Your value is the impact it has on your web sales and your sales. So one of the things we don't do on the platform is tell you where you're covered. We'll give you a bunch of analytics that tell you which, which titles are looking at you and how many journalists are looking at you, but we don't try and tease you with, and you're covered here, you're covered there. Don't spend all your time chasing it. Do your PR, move on, because it's part of your marketing mix and treat it as that and not something in isolation. So ROI, don't get obsessed with it. Just do it as part of your marketing mix. Thanks, Peter. That's really, really useful. So um, just for the audience, spend 10% on your marketing, on your market, of your marketing budget on the PR, which is a really useful nugget of information. Um, so thank you very much, Peter, for joining us. I know there's been a link shared in the chat to find out a little bit more about Journalink and the platform. So please take a look at it. It's a really, really useful platform for businesses that are looking to, to share their good news stories. So um, take a look at it. Um, and as members, you get discount on there as well. So Thank you, Peter, for joining us. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, do grab the do grab the link and have a look at it. Um, we, we we let you have a look round. We let you register without any cost or anything like that. And it's just when you actually want to use it and distribute that um, we, we ask you to pay a subscription or pay a one-off payment to do that. Uh, so do have a look at it. And if you are at all interested in PR, have a look at it. There's a support channel on there as well. So any questions, you can fire those through to us as well. So thank you very much, Rick. And uh, I look forward to seeing your names in the uh, in the local papers. <laughs> thanks peter thanks very much thank um, you if anyone has any questions for peter feel free to pop them in the chat and we can we can pick them up towards the end of the um the end of the event um, our next speaker we have got lined up is annie platt so membership and services manager at the chamber who's going to talk us uh, through um a little bit about our app and um, my gmcr so um one of the questions that i've got for you annie is Kind of, can you tell us a little bit more about the app, how members can use it, and what the benefit might be to their business? Of course, morning everyone. It's nice to be back on here after a little while. Um, so yeah, Magic MCR, um, it's been around since 2019. Um, obviously, had a bit of a dip with um, the pandemic, so we're really doing the push now to make that activity build back up. So there's two ways of using the app. One is as an employee reward system. So if you've got employees within your business, there are B2C offers on there that they can access that are chamber member exclusive. So you can basically advertise that as you can get discounts on restaurants, leisure, hotel, retail, there's e-commerce on there, everything that you might want. Check out the app, see if you can save a bit of money on that. The second way to use it is as a, um, a business platform. So you can have a, a free business um, profile on there as a member. Uh, you can use that to post news, you can use it to post an offer. So if you want to put something out there that's exclusive for other chamber members that they can access straight through the app, then you can put that on there. Um, you manage what you post. So if you want to update that offer every month or so, then you can do that. Um, really make it personal to what's going on at the, the time or in your business. 
Um, and we've got a direct messaging facility on there, which makes it super easy and quick to get in touch with other members. We get asked a lot if there's a member directory out there for other chamber members, and the app is slowly becoming that. So there's about two and a half thousand businesses on there already. And you can search for it through the different industries, through the areas, and then you can directly message them if you want to get in touch. Well, thank you, Annie. It sounds like a great tool for businesses to get involved with, especially whilst we can't meet with businesses live to like in face to face through the, the live networking sessions. So um, it might be a useful tool to connect with businesses through the app, through the direct messaging function. Um, have you seen any increase in activity since the latest restrictions have been lifted? We have definitely, yeah, there's been such an increase just since the start of June, really, obviously with everything opening up. Um, we've got new offers being added every day, um, more signups to the app itself. Like I said, we've got 2,500 businesses plus on there, plus then all the individual users. So that's the uh, employees of businesses, any sort of individual uh, customers that are out there. Um, and as a chamber, we'll be marking up the market ramping up the marketing activity on the app as well because um, obviously we want to encourage more and more people to be using it which will only benefit our members um, we've even created a tiktok page uh, which is promoting all the activity in the region and it'll tell people how to utilize the app to get those discounts and get involved um, i think the tiktok's reached thousands of viewers that we wouldn't normally reach so it's just about finding those new avenues of making people aware of the members and what they can offer thank you i think Whilst everything's starting to open up now, it's a great time to get your offers on there and um, drive some traffic towards your business, especially if you're in and around the city centre or further afield. Now everyone's starting to get out and about a little bit more. Um, kind of one last question from me is, have you got any advice for members that perhaps haven't downloaded the app or created a business profile on there yet? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'd say even if you don't have a specific offer that you can think of right now, um, just get your profile set up on there. Like I said, you can use it as a news platform, so you can post um, press releases and things. Um, your account manager will help you get set up on there. It's really easy to do. Um, and you just want to be visible. Um, the apps rely on the interaction from the members and the consumers. So the more we can promote it as a whole network, sort of let people know that you're on there, that you're using it, the more benefit it'll bring to everyone. And it is, it's not just a B2C for the employees, it's B2B as well. So even if you're just selling business to business, um, you can advertise it on there. So whether you're in hospitality or whether you're selling IT to businesses, it is worth getting on there and just giving it a push. Um, and obviously just being able to tell your employees that you've got this reward benefit there for them after all the hard work they've obviously put in over the last 15 months. Um, I think it's a really important benefit to sell. Yeah, most definitely. And um, thank you very much, Annie. Um, sounds like a really, really great tool for businesses and your employees as well to get the most out of it. So get your offers on there, get your profile on there and get your, get your staff on there as well and utilize those offers that are on there um, as well as connecting with businesses. Um, I know a link's been popped in the chat um, on how to download it and, and how to get your user, user details. But if anyone wants to get any more further information, then feel free to get in touch with your account manager at the chamber and we can talk you through it as well. So thank you very much, Annie. That was really, really useful. Thank you. And when our next speaker that we have got lined up is Elliot Roebuck, so Operations Manager at Lionbridge. Good morning. Hi. Morning, Elliot. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Good. It's, it's nice to have you on here today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Annie, for the invite um, as well. It's, it's good to see everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Um, one of the questions that I kind of wanted to, to fire over to you, Elliot, was 
Um, is there any trends that you've seen with business owners over the past year or so, especially with the pandemic, obviously, being a big challenge for businesses? Are there any trends that you can tell us about? Yes, yeah. So we've, we've really seen, uh, I suppose, a, a complete shift um, in attitude, really, um, towards finances, but, but also in terms of life in general, really. Um, you know, I think the pandemic's really allowed people to sit back and think about what we want more long term, really, um, out of life. And I think I'm sure everyone on the call was the same, probably a bit of a rat race before the pandemic and probably everyone's diaries were super busy and everyone was just so active. But I think slowing down all of a sudden um, has really allowed business owners to, to reconsider, um, I suppose, the future. So what we find is that, you know, a lot of business owners, they they tend to be under so much pressure to act in the moment they're juggling so much that's going on um really they're good at making decisions there and then but ultimately they tend to neglect things very long term really um in terms of their finances in general so i think it's really put things into perspective um for business owners and really allowed them to strip back and think actually what what do i want for the next 10 years what do i want for the next 30 years you know Am I doing the things that I want to be doing um, more long term? So it's, it's super important to think about because just a little example, I suppose, for everyone, we, we got introduced to um, a lady last year. Um, she was looking to sell her business. Um, she'd really put all of her eggs in that one basket to, to grow that business and make that business a success. But unfortunately, with the pandemic, um, ultimately, uh, sales and revenue had really decreased, decreased um, over that time. So the client wanted to sell that business within the pandemic, but actually then they put a lot of pressure on themselves because that business wasn't worth the value that it was sort of pre-pandemic really. So really important as a business owner to think about other options, you know, to, to diversify essentially um, and really think more long-term um, in regards to planning and really think about the lifestyle that you want further down the line, you know, make good decisions today to sort of really impact um, that future. So I'd definitely say, you know, it's it's really the change in attitude that we've seen. Um, yeah, okay, fab, thank you. I think I think we've seen that across the board um, for, yeah. for, for people as well as business owners as well. Obviously, the pandemic has given people a chance to kind of have a bit of a breather and really think about um, what 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 they want what they want to do and how they want to live their lives as well. Um, it might it, it might be great if you can tell us a little bit about Lionbridge and how you can support support SMEs. Yes, yeah, cool. So um, we work in, in financial planning, um, and essentially we, we help people make good decisions with money. So um, we don't sort of work like solicitors or or accountants. You know, we don't charge um, an hourly basis or anything like that for our time. Where we tend to make our money is, is really through product and service providers that we use and we tend to in most cases get paid by the provider um, to do that so a lot of cases with business owners it's really around profit extraction you know our business owners doing that cost effectively and, and, and tax efficiently really from that basis um, but then it's also looking at the business from a personal standpoint really so how are they using that money um, wisely you know how are they buying assets what are they looking for the future um, and how are they overall building their wealth um, for the long term so an area that's a, a real focus over the last year has been protection you know so people have started to think 
you know, goodness, what would happen if things all went wrong? You know, so um, that's been an area of, of real focus um, for clients over the last year as well. Well, thank you, Elliot. And um, obviously, lots of businesses have been starting to work remotely over the course of the last year. Have you seen a change in how businesses want to support their employees through through the remote working? Yes, yeah, definitely. We've interestingly we've worked with a number of companies that you know they started to onboard people not just from a, a local scale. They've onboarded remotely and employed people on a more national or potentially international scale um, in terms of the talent that they're acquiring. And I think really great, you know, in terms of um, the outlook of, of, of business, it's really opening up and broadening the talent that you can access um, as a business owner, which is, is a really great thing. Um, unfortunately, what that does mean is um, businesses need to be doing more to be supporting employees and, and thinking about different ways to engage and retain employees um, over the long term, because Ultimately, you're not just competing with your know, competition locally now, you're potentially, you know, competing on a wider scale. Really. So um, we spent the last year really helping businesses to not only recruit really good talent, but really try to engage and, and retain the best talent that they have um, within that business as well. So as I'm sure everyone knows, it's, you know, it has to be more than just a pay packet these days, um, a job, and it has to be something that, would really engage that employee to think um, about their future and build loyalty within that business um, from that perspective. So there are a number of ways which businesses could look at this and, and, and improve um, packages of, of an employee that, that they can obtain. So there are additional, additional benefits like employee benefits that somebody could put in place. And one of those options might be something like private medical insurance um, yeah. for their team. Um, there tends to be a very big misconception around employee benefits that they're very expensive for the business to put in place. You know, will that additional cost actually retain and engage um, the talent from that perspective? So what we have done is we've, we've gone in and actually spoke to employees and that's what they want really um, from, from that business and what they want as a benefit. Um, and then essentially we can put together cost-effective packages um, to really engage and retain um, those numbers of steps. So from a, a little example as a private medical insurance um, case, you know, it's very cost effective for the business to put in place, yeah. but it's not only um, a benefit to the employee, it's a really good benefit to the employer um, yeah. because it's reducing potential absenteeism uh, from that business. So providing that employee quicker access um, to resources and, and support and actually then reducing time away from the office as well. So um, lots of lots of benefits around um, reviewing packages and, and putting something in place to, to engage in the team. Um, just sort of one last area, I suppose, around employee benefits. We've done a lot of work around financial well-being over the last year um, with employees. So huge statistics on um, stress and anxiety levels of employees um, at the moment because of finances and that's because of concerns of you know job security and yeah. changes in lifestyles people have started to panic a little bit more uh, around the resources that they have so one thing we have done is gone into businesses uh, whether it's remote they will starting to do a little face-to-face -face, which is is lovely <laughs> um, <laughs> 
we started to do one-to-one sessions with employees um, around financial well-being and trying to educate employees to make better decisions um, around their finances. And this has really helped the employee engage within that business, but think more long-term about their career and, and what they want from their role within that business. Um, and it's really supported them from that long-term basis. So with working remotely, you know, we've really seen competition is widened, but um, a real focus from businesses to want to support their employees in new and engaging ways um, to oh. build that loyalty from that business. Great, thank you. There's lots of nuggets of information there that, that the audience can take away around kind of how to support your employees and, and what else is out there apart from just, just the salary. Um, we have shared the link to, to, to your website in the chat so people can go in, go on and, and have a look at it. But I know you've been talking quite a common theme through, through what you've been talking about is planning for longer term. So I imagine you get quite a lot of questions around retirement planning. And why is that so important for, for business owners? It's, that's you know, a really great question. And I think you know, what we really try to do is through the conversations that we have with business owners, we we really try to get them to think about their long term, you know, what do they want out of life? Um, ultimately, you know, everybody, whether you're an employee or, or you're a business owner, everybody will want to slow down at some point um, in life, you know, and whether that's to fully retire or, or have the flexibility and, and freedom really to, to take options and maybe reduce their, their working hours. Um, retirement planning is a really great way for a business owner to actually extract profit from a business um, most cost effectively so it's potentially the most tax efficient way to to pull money out um, and that's because the business owner can receive 40 percent tax relief um, from the money that they're extracting uh, from that business so what it allows someone to do is diversify their income um, take money from that business tax efficiently but then think about the more long-term aspects and really going back to the example that I, I mentioned at the start with the business owner that that was looking to sell last year um, they'd actually put all their focus into that pot of money paying their retirement that ultimately unfortunately because of the market conditions um, their business actually suffered which has then actually impacted you know their long-term outlook from that perspective so having someone to lean on you know is is really key as well um yeah. as we know in a business life cycle the business can change yeah. the market can change everything can change very quickly so having someone to lean on and support with to actually adjust your planning along the way um will really help you think about that long term from a greater perspective so one of the areas that we, we help people do is, is really think, we sort of reverse engineer a goal, really. That's, that's our biggest focus. So we always ask people, what do they want from the time? What do they want from the future? Um, and then once we have that goal, we can reverse engineer that and then put the correct steps in place um, so that that client can achieve that goal over the long term. Um, it's been stated by Albert Einstein, you know, compound interest is potentially the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> so, um, really talking to business owners about thinking long term um, and planning long term allows you to take advantage of, of areas like compound interest um, and really help grow your overall wealth. 
from the heart of the spectator really. So ultimately it's diversifying your options, you know, not putting all your eggs in one basket. It's thinking about lots of other areas and to do that most most tax efficiently as well through the process. Oh, thank you very much, Elliot. So um I know there's been um um a comment in the chat around your complimentary meeting to discuss financial future for any members that might be interested in in that and kind of looking at your long-term planning and and looking at how you might be able to to tap into that so um uh, we've popped Elliot's details in in the chat so you can you can make contact with Elliot if you wish to to, to claim your complimentary meeting essentially um, so just wanted to say a big thank you to um, everyone that's attended today and a big thank you to our speakers so we had Peter from Journalink um, talking about how you can tap into the platform to support you with PR. Um, members can access a discount on there. Um, Annie from um, the Chamber talking about the app and utilising that to reward your staff or using it as kind of a networking marketing tool. And then Elliot from Lionbridge talking about kind of your financial future. Um, we have our next Chamber Live on 22nd of June, which will be our last Chamber Live um, as we will start to move this into a podcast. So have a look out for that in the coming weeks. And thank you again for attending. Hope you all have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Reed. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.